Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Modern Loving Family Podcast, where we talk about all things polyamory, parenting, queerness, and love in the modern age. All right, everyone, welcome to the Modern Loving Family Podcast, where we talk about all things polyamory, parenting, queerness, and love in the modern age. I am your host, Jamie Jensen Loving, and today I am here with one of my partners, Kendi Jensen Loving. So, Kendi, why don't you tell us about yourself? Uh, well, first, I like to drink. <laughs> so, that's how we're going to get this party started. Cheers, right Cheers, Cheers, Quite. Um, things about me that you may not already know from hearing from my partner, Jamie. Um, I'm black. I don't know if that's surprise to anyone uh, if you're thanks listening for, thanks for letting us know i i have to make sure people are on their toes they i mean yeah if they're I, only listening and not watching the video which you should watch the video if you're only <laughs> listening um you would know these things um but no it's uh um i am from our little state of arkansas arkansas uh fun fact one of his um master's professors tried to argue with him over the pronunciation of arkansas she was an Irish woman who had never been to Arkansas, and we were from here. Like, I don't know where the fuck I'm from. <laughs> like, oh, can we say that on this? <laughs> well, I guess you did now. Okay, cool. I'm glad. <laughs> I just got to rip the Band-Aid off. I don't really know uh, where to start because I have, uh, I'm have a mini-layered. I'm like an onion. There's a lot of things happening. Well, why don't you tell us about some of the core aspects of your identity? Core aspects of my identity. I am bisexual. I'm non-binary, uh, and obviously, uh, if you didn't know already from listening to the podcast or listening to our things, I am polyamorous. Oh, uh, you're just now telling me? Well, cat's out of the bag, babe. <laughs> yeah, here's where the party really gets started. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it has been a very difficult journey uh, to come to the realization of who I am and how I am uh, uh, comprised of. So it's been... It's been very difficult, but it's also been extremely rewarding to be able to come to my own. So, okay, that's kind of some core aspects of your identity. What do you do? You don't have to, like, name any, anything, but... Uh, sure. Uh, so my main day job is working in development fundraising uh, for an organization. Um, this is my third development job, but over the course of, you know, I guess about... The, 10 12 years i mean we worked with nonprofits uh either as performers uh, volunteers or even as board members uh so it's not outside of the realm of the possibility for me to be able to come into these positions and i've been extremely lucky and extremely lucky in the in the chances that i've gotten and i've just been prepared for each one and have been given the tools especially in this current one to really uh get better at what i do and professional development is is really key so all that to say my main job is uh you know the insurance provider is in fundraising um but then we are also um, the executive director and artistic director for our company called community creative llc um we are artists centered and really work to make sure that uh, the public knows how to treat creatives how and how creatives need to take care of themselves um, with all of the different responsibilities that they have uh, whether it be performing um, performance anxiety uh, preparation because um, these are things that we face as performers that we want to make sure that our fellows 
um, have voices of experience. God, we're, we're voices of experience now. That's scary. Uh, I hate adulting. It is it is disgusting. Oh, I, God. I, I do not recommend 100%. Cheers. Cheers, cheers to that. So, yes. okay. So that's that's a little bit about community creative. Um, so anything else that you want us to know? I'm a singer. I like to sing. <laughs> I'm a baritone. And you are. I'm only a tenor when... Jamie does not want me to be one. Uh, there's funny stories about that for another episode oh, of the cast. Oh, God. Yeah. We're going to need a whole separate podcast for that. I I'm think. just telling you. I'm just saying what you ask me. <laughs> I'm going to ask some questions. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. So, okay. So, that's a little bit about Kendi. Um, about me. Oh, can I ask? Can I do it like the interview style? Oh, no. I'm sorry. I won't step on your toes. No, no. I don't want to step on yours because, like, you're just going in. You didn't get You didn't get the pleasure of somebody asking you. Okay. I'm sorry. Excuse me. So, Kendi, I'm going to turn it over to you. Uh, Thank you, Jamie. I'm just really happy to be here. And I would love to know more about you and your journey and what you do. Okay. Well, um, I am originally from Mountain View, Arkansas. And um, if you, too, are surprised that I ended up marrying a person of color, coming out as queer, coming out as non-binary, and being polyamorous, I'm a little shocked, too. Um <laughs> are probably a lot of my high school friends um but any or, or maybe not actually i don't know i mean quick quick sidebar <laughs> we went to one of her high school reunions and there was definitely a, a junior clan member there who was big mad because we looked really good i mean have and, you seen us and and real interracial up yeah. in here so um yeah you uh, out i was black then too <laughs> i so i grew i grew up in mountain view and then came to um the town that we currently live in now went to university here got a little bit outside of my bubble which is when I discovered polyamory and was like oh um this this makes sense I don't feel so weird anymore um some core kind of aspects of my identity I teach um I teach in a private voice studio as well as at a local university I love what I do I love my students um I am also a sanger, as Candy put it. Um, I am a classically trained soprano. And what have I done with that classical training? I've sung in a rock band and sung a lot of jazz, <laughs> primarily, in addition to being a church musician. Um, so yeah, I am a musician. I obviously work with our community music project. I am a teacher and I am a mom, which is maybe the best job of all. So that's a little bit about me. I am not a mom, but I am a baba and I'm happy to <laughs> throw that in there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so that's a little bit about who we are. So let's get into some of the questions that I have gotten from some of you. Um, question number one, people want to know how we ended up together. Do you want me? Uh, you want me to start from the from in the beginning? Or? <laughs> Maybe not quite back that. I don't know. I mean, I think it's sweet. However, the spirit moves you. Well, the, the spirits will move me very well. Yeah, we are. Um, we are drinking some delicious Scarlet Letter. Yeah. So you know, Scarlet Letter. If you're listening to this and you want to, you know like do some promo like maybe send us some products so that we can shout you out on this podcast yeah. when we get you know super famous that'd be fine also can you make more of this limited edition blue because like this stuff is the best mm -hmm. anyway so Delicious. so jamie and i met um actually back in 2003 at a summer uh can we can we say what it is on here yeah at arkansas governor's school 
Um, which if you, sorry, were you about to say something? No, go ahead. If, if you don't know about governor school, the way it was back in the day, it took all these little podunk small town thinkers. I'm talking about myself only. I don't, I don't know. I didn't say that about anybody oh, else. Oh, me too. Um, and it put us in this like humongous bubble of liberalism and not okay so first of all not liberal as in political correct like as in liberal arts education like we were taking philosophy and we were also like studying like the specific area that we went in so like I went in social sciences because I went through a brief period where I thought I was going to be a biomedical ethicist the jump from that to a music and English lit double major that's a big leap but here we are um, but you used a lot of those techniques in your I artistry. I did. I did. Not really, but sure. I'm just trying to make it sound yeah. really good. So anyway, we met at governor's school. <laughs> and uh, back then, I was, uh, how should I say it, a one-track-minded 16-year-old young person. And Jamie had blonde hair back then. And for whatever reason, I was discriminatory against blonde-haired uh, fair maidens. And I was like, eh, we're friends, but there's not going to be anything else there. Obviously, I have been wrong. Uh, so we, uh, then we, so that was summer 2003, and then we started uh, at UCA, mm-hmm. our university, in uh, fall of 2004. Mm-hmm. And I was a music major, and anything we don't want, we can fix it in post, because, you know, fuck it, we're doing it live. Um, <laughs> so we were, Jamie was BA, I was a music major, and so we interacted in the same circles, and then we became members of brother and sister fraternities. Mm-hmm. Do you want to hop in there with anything? Yeah, sure. I mean, there was, like... So we were members of this brother-sister fraternity. Um, and we had kind of, like, a core group of friends mm-hmm. that kind of spanned both of those fraternities. Mm-hmm. And you were engaged at the time. I Was it my first or second engagement? Second. No, no. Yes, it was! Because I was first engaged and... Nah, because I didn't get engaged to the second one until, like... Oh, eight. Okay, well, we started hanging out, like, a lot more. And I realized we just put, like, that little nugget in there about <laughs> me being engaged twice. So we'll definitely talk about that at some other point. But this was my first engagement. Yes. Okay. Okay, so we met during your, kind of started getting close during your first engagement, but not really. No. Nah. Um, we didn't really start, like, becoming friends until you were dating this person that mm-hmm. you were engaged to. The second engagement. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So that was 07, 08. Yeah. We really so, started becoming closer. Yeah, you were engaged to that person, and I got engaged to... A kid that I went to school with and whose mom taught me. Yes. <laughs> so my first husband. And um, this was also about the time that we discovered polyamory. Because, like, I think I was... You were already on yeah. the path, and then you had mentioned it to the, the my second, and 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 we all started like talking about like how it applied to our lives, and yeah. that's when I really started getting like the inkling of like, I, I I was tired of feeling guilty for feeling for other people, yeah, and and that and that's like really what led me to polyamory is, and I was listening to a podcast the other day with um, our favorite Jadena, and oh. uh, another another person I can't remember their name yet. But he was saying polyamory to him was freedom. Mm-hmm. And I think at its core, it, it, I think that's a great tenet to live by. Um, but I, you know, with the caveat, it's like it's not freedom from accountability. Right. I, I feel like it's, it, it's, it it's hones that part of you even so much more because you have to really, I mean, you have to communicate. You have to, you have to, 
I'm I'm jumping the horse. Yeah, you, yeah, you are you Sorry. are definitely jumping ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're really in. So we so we so. started. So our two respective partners were at the time both saying that they were poly or open. Yes. Um, and so Jamie and I started seeing each other as you know. We were kind of like friends with benefits. Yeah, I yeah, guess, yeah, 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 yeah. At first. Yeah. But like genuine friends like I, I actually enjoy your you know your company right without having to jump straight to the sack <laughs> oh well thank you that's 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 an endorsement right there um uh, i would hope so it's 2022 <laughs> it's been 13 years now it has been yeah so so we kind of started out as friends with benefits um and i will say this like the way that we first approached polyamory i look back now and there's definitely some cringe. <laughs> like, oh, God, yeah. There's definitely yeah. a lot of cringe for me. Because, like, now, like, we don't really ascribe to hierarchical polyamory. Which, for anybody who's not familiar with that term, so hierarchy and polyamory would be, like, saying, oh, Kendi is my primary partner and then my other partner is my secondary partner. And so, like, you kind of create a hierarchy of needs. And so, like, if we were in a hierarchy, I might attend to Kendi's emotional needs and put his sort of needs above that of my other partner which Mm -hmm. is not a thing that we do here it's definitely a thing that i did then oh yeah (laughs) and i look back now and i'm like oh but you know it was also like 2008 and we had no resources not that i'm making excuses for myself but i mean you're seeing the reality yeah (laughs) and we were in very different mindsets too because totally we were still I mean, it's still a battle, but we were at the at war with just monogamy. Oh my gosh! And trying yeah. to break break away from that, and it's it's a it's a violent interaction. Yeah. I mean, it's a violent interaction to break away from that norm. Right. Right. I mean, so much of so much of like our identity is completely against the grain of everything that we were raised with and everything that society kind of pushes at us. We are queer, non-binary, and non-monogamous. <laughs> It's like a triple threat. Yeah. And then throw in the, uh, it, for those again, if you're only listening, I am black. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's sure. a whole, that's a whole like series of podcasts by itself. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so, okay. So we started out as friends with benefits and then. Things blossom. Things blossom. And it, it was one of those things that was, um, I mean, we really couldn't deny how much we were feeling for each other. Yeah. And. And then I got swine flu. And then you got swine flu. <laughs> And by God, you were as... I've seen you sicker now. Yeah, because you've seen me with COVID. Correct. But at that Um, time, that was the sickest I'd ever seen any individual in my life. Yeah. I didn't have insurance at the time. And so, like, our friends were basically setting up, like, a vigil to make sure that I wasn't, like, going to stop breathing. Because, um, hello, we live in America. Um, Well, and asthma. I mean, you didn't say that. Yeah, I I have asthma. And so, like, me getting sick was not great. Um, And, like... By the time this rolled around, like, we had been seeing each other for a bit. That was March when you had time, swine flu. No, it was October. Why? Time has no meaning. Yeah, time has no meaning. It's It's fine. It's a flat circle. (laughs) But, like, you and your fiancé were kind of on the way out at that point. Uh, We had been on the way out for many months, but, again, it was part of... But you were trying. I mean, you you genuinely tried. Yeah, I mean, we... I, I... offered every avenue that I was physically capable of doing. Yeah. Um, and it was... And, I mean, y'all's breakup didn't have to do with the non-monogamy thing. It had to do with a lot deeper issues. Oh, God, yeah. 
Yeah, and you know, love and light to to her now. I mean, I don't yeah. know, I don't know where she's at. I don't know what she's doing, but at, at the time, and one of our other friends who was like, who is still my good friend, was super real with me. She was like, "Y'all are just toxic for each other. Like, you're yeah. good people on your own. You yeah. just you're just bad for each other." Yeah. I was like, and I, I mean, I think the same about my first husband. Like, yeah. I think that we were just not good for each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now at the time, like when we divorced, obviously there was like a lot of tension and you know I was definitely a little bit more dramatic than I should have been I was also 22 (laughs) so there's a wealth of experience that tells me I was way too dramatic you know between then and now when your ex-husband when your then husband shows up with his best friend and his dad to come move stuff out of your apartment without talking to you about it I mean yeah that was pretty traumatic so like okay we're we're jumping the shark we are we are we are are. Um, I do that a lot I'm sorry (laughs) So you and your fiance parted ways. Well, we we parted ways, and uh, and then after after that parting, I then had you know my apartment to myself, and um, we all lived in the same complex. Which you know we were doing polyhedron before polyhedron was a fucking thing. Like we've been trying, to, <laughs> we're on the front end of this stuff. Yeah. Um, and then so we we became closer and closer and closer, and it came to a point where uh, Jamie's now ex husband. Um, started dating somebody. Yeah, so he started dating someone. And because, again, like, we we both identified as polyam at this point. I'm sure that he does not identify that way now, although I have not spoken to him in over a decade. So I'm calling him like, hey, you're still polyam. <laughs> just, just checking. It's for, um, for research. Yeah. <laughs> it's for, that, I don't, I'm, you know, usually I'm all for research, but that's not, I, I'm going to no. be against it in, yeah, this, in this case. Um, so he had started dating someone and she very abruptly decided that she did not want to date somebody who was married, which is fair. That's totally fair. Maybe something you should talk to yourself about before jumping into a relationship with somebody. But, um, but you know, again, like we were all in our early twenties and still figuring a lot of this stuff out. And so I, I give her a lot of grace so he came home after that and basically demanded that I dump Kendi. And I was like, that's that's not really how this works. Um, like, I'm really sorry that you had a breakup, but that doesn't mean that I have to have a breakup because you had a breakup. Like, mm-hmm. that's not fair to me, to Kendi, to any of us, really. And then he disappeared for the weekend showed up on monday with his dad and his best friend to move all of his stuff out and serve me with papers the next day so um that was cool and i definitely didn't need a ton of therapy after that no (laughs) and like to find a a lawyer on the weekend uh you know i'm astounded but i mean his dad's pretty well connected i feel like so i i don't know i and nor do i care yeah. But, um, so yeah, that was kind of a traumatic ending to that. And I mean, I will definitely say that <laughs> our early relationship was probably a fair amount of trauma bonding. Oh, um, you and I? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but you know, we worked through it and. There's I, a lot of other factors going on. I mean, like, there was family health issues. Yeah. There was... My yeah. mother was very ill at the time. Yeah. Um, and then passed away, like, about a about a year after um, my ex-husband and I divorced. My family was and is still unsupportive. Correct. <laughs> they were definitely not a huge fan of me. 
and still aren't, turns out. Um, but that's a different podcast for a different day. I'm keeping it in. Yeah. Like, I, I just um, want to, I, I don't want to give it all away. So, yeah, like, <laughs> at, at that point, we ended up just dating one another for a while. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really date a whole lot of other people. We had a few casual things. But they were all, like, friends. Yeah, like... <laughs> it was never, like, just, like, cold calling somebody. Right. Like, I don't... That's a terrible way to think <laughs> You know, I mean, I think it's an inventive way of putting it. Thank you. I um, It's the fundraising in me. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I, I definitely identify as demisexual. And so, like, casual things, like, without, like, a friendship basis are just not going to happen for me. Um, it's just not how my brain works. So, so yeah, we definitely hooked up with a few friends during mm-hmm. that time. Yeah. But, like, that was and not... And some of it was, like, like, not us both hooking up with them. Just, like... <coughs> yeah. It was... Right. So, um, so that's kind of how we ended up together. Um, that was a very, that was a journey. And like when we first got together. And that's just 2011. I know. (laughs) And when we first got together, like you and I were very adamant about not getting married. Oh my God. Yes. We were, (laughs) we, we could have written like an, a live journal (laughs) full of uh, some of our younger listeners might not know that. It's fine. We were, we were pretty, we were pretty hellbent on not getting married. Oh, because we were both just obviously the experience that you you had with your divorce and the experiences oh, yeah. that I had with my two uh, engagements that did not go through. Like we were just like, no, no, God, no. Why would we do that to ourselves? Right. And then. And then we started exploring the option of moving abroad mm-hmm. to go for our masters, and we were like, huh, this would be a whole lot easier if we were married. So unfortunately, did, <laughs> I know. Yeah, which I mean, that's definitely a part of couples' privilege, which we're going to talk about in a later episode. Yep. But um, so yeah, we basically, and it's not that we were not committed to one another; it's just that we really didn't need a piece of paper to define our commitment. We were already in a partnership. I mean, I was on your insurance because, like, Bank of America at the time did domestic partnerships, and yeah. you were working for them, and so like we were already intertwined like financially and everything else i think the kids call it entangled now oh excuse me yeah um yeah, i just want to make sure our terminology is right <laughs> but we wanted to kind of get some of the other benefits of things that married couples have access to mm-hmm. and so yeah that's honestly primarily the reason we got married which sounds terrible uh, well you i will say there was probably one other reason hmm. you wanted to look you wanted to look really good in that dress. I mean, I did look good in that you dress. You did look good in that so, dress. So, um, just flashing pictures <laughs> up on the on the on the page so people know what's up. So yeah, um, that's how we ended up together. So, a, f- a, a f- not a funny haha, but a funny cosmic thing. So I, I know that my family thought that with our marriage vows, that polyamory was out of the window. Oh, mine did too. And little did they know. <laughs> It was only the beginning. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. Bless their hearts. Uh, indeed. Indeed. So that's how we ended up together. So now, next big question, how do we define polyamory? And you kind of started getting into this already. Yeah, yeah. I, I really have latched, I've latched on to the feeling of polyamory is, is freedom. Mm-hmm. Because you are, as an individual, not only allowing yourself to express your emotions freely Mm -hmm. but you are giving support and praise to however many partners it is for them to do do the same thing yeah um and it's 
it it's grounded in communication and it's grounded in accountability as well yeah. um if you're doing it ethically if you if if you're doing polyamory ethically then yes if which you, it can be argued if you're not doing it ethically it's not polyamory that's what i was about to say but that's probably for a different podcast i think it probably <laughs> is so for me i define polyamory as freedom okay i like that um i would probably define it around the same i mean for me polyamory means that i get to explore and like i I always kind of come back to the word explore because like i remember the feeling when i got engaged was planning the wedding and like i had this profound moment of sadness one day where i was talking to my girlfriends i was like you know i will never go on a first date again and they were (laughs) that's when i started to realize i might be a little different because like my girlfriends were like shouldn't that be a relief oh my god and i'm like no like i'm not relieved by that I enjoy getting to know people and like getting to explore what kind of connection I can have with them. And that was my, that was my like, oh shit moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh shit, this might not be the thing I'm supposed to do. Um, so yeah, I would, I would define it as the freedom to explore and the freedom to connect and the freedom to do that in an ethical manner in a way that builds everyone up in that equation Mm -hmm. because I mean I feel like I benefit from my relationships but like I feel like you benefit from my relationships too I mean I so this is getting into my next question of um people asked if we were dating other people so um I have one other partner his name is Carl and I mean you and Carl are like best buds (laughs) yeah yeah like that's that's like my meta yeah that's my dude yeah so I mean I feel like I feel like you have benefited and you have grown Mm -hmm. from my relationships as well. And I feel like I have benefited and I have grown from yours. I, I would agree with you on that. Um, and even, even in some of my past relationships that have, um, ended poorly, Mm -hmm. shall we say, that's before another podcast episode. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, there's, I, I am at a point right now where I, I cannot not take away some positive from any situation. Right. I mean, every every relationship to me is a growing experience. I, I wholeheartedly agree. So. But man. But man, sometimes growth sucks. Let <laughs> me tell you. And I am, right now, I am not dating anyone currently. Um, you had like a situationship. I've got like two situationships that keep like, just like, like, one was, like, a steady one, and then one's, like, just pops up, like, whenever they're not doing anything on the weekend, I guess. Because that's the only time, like, hey, how's it going? Like, dude. Tis the gay way. Oh. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. like how you just know that sound means. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I know. I know. How have you benefited from polyamory? I have benefited from polyamory because I took my black ass to therapy. <laughs> If I'm just going to be completely fucking honest with you, were it not for polyamory, I would not have had the bravery to say, I need help. That's one of the things that benefited from polyamory. <laughs> because in my, in my two previous relationships, it was just, a, it was normal to, 
I thought it was normalized to just kind of be unhappy-ish. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. And just to grin and bear it. Well, but I mean, that's what our society says, right? I mean, we make all kinds of jokes about like, oh, my wife, the ball and chain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that's been totally normalized. And especially like, I feel like for those of us who are in the millennial age group, like we grew up with that attitude, like that was the primary attitude about like marriage yeah. and relationships yeah. that we got like in media. Oh, and, and in my like family tree, it was like, well, you know, so it's just been married for 40, 50 years. I'm like, how long have they like hated each other though? Like, right. Why, why did they continue the charade? Which it's, you know, because, um, until like what, 1970, was it 1973 that women were allowed to have credit cards? I think it was actually 1980s. Um, oh my god I'll have to look <laughs> I know that it's been within Carl's lifetime because when I realized that I was like oh Jesus I didn't think that there was that much of an age gap between us but there is a bit of an age gap you like to make him feel bad sometimes I do not make <laughs> him feel bad it is gentle teasing Carl I love you <laughs> what was the question <laughs> how have you benefited from polyamory ah. Therapy. Therapy has been fantastic. And polyamory showed me that I could actually tap into my own emotions without fear. Mm -hmm. And so admitting to myself that I needed help was one of the um, most gratifying moments of this entire polyamory journey. And especially, you know, finding finding a therapist or finding therapists that really work well with me. um, Because I've had, I'm, I'm with one right now which uh is fabulous like yeah uh, i don't i don't pay them enough you don't pay them enough and nobody does nobody ever could (laughs) uh but like a couple of previous therapists you know it was i was still in a shell because i still wasn't out as bi and i wasn't i hadn't uh, was not as non-binary um and i was still wrestling with this heteronormative image of being a man of being a strong black man and that if there are any black listeners out there, holler at me. We can talk about these things. Yeah. <laughs> um, of any persuasion. Uh, so, yeah, polyamory showed me that it was okay to ask for help. And polyamory has shown me that I have a lot of people in my corner. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of hands on my back, as you would say. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. How have I benefited from polyamory? Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, start. Keep on talking. Uh, what what is this laughter? Uh, it's it's not it's not PG. So oh, it's okay, not, it's okay. Not for this episode. Okay, not for this episode then. Yeah. Um, that's beh- that's behind the paywall. Um, <laughs> for our Patreon. <laughs> um, how have I benefited from polyamory? I have definitely learned how to communicate better. Um, like I come from, so my parents divorced when I was in middle school. It was not a happy marriage. Um, And it's not even necessarily, like, their fault. Like, I look back now, and at the time, it was really easy to, like, place blame and things like that. I look back now, and they were fundamentally, like, just two people that were just not right for each other. Like, we talked about you being toxic for one another. Like, they were just toxic for one another. And it was unfortunate. They tried to keep it together for me, and um, it, it did not go well. Um, And so I really didn't have, like, a good model for, like, a good, solid, healthy relationship. And so I kind of went into dating, like, blind. (laughs) Like, I just didn't really know 
what a good healthy relationship looked like and so therefore I was in really unhealthy ones and like through polyamory I mean you have to go into this being very Mm -hmm. self-aware and being very aware Mm -hmm. of what you want Mm -hmm. being very aware of what is acceptable and what is not um like you have to have your negotiables and non-negotiables kind of really well thought out before you enter into a relationship with somebody. I mean, there are some people that I, I just straight up won't even consider going on a date with them because I know immediately there's a non-negotiable there. And so it has made me someone who is very strongly convicted in what I want. Mm -hmm. And that has been probably the biggest blessing of polyamory for me is that it's given me a really strong sense of self. Um, so yeah. And and I and even before polyamory, when I when I knew you, uh, when we had started at UCA, I knew you as a person that was strong in your convictions, and so it doesn't surprise me that polyamory has just heightened that for you. Yeah, for sure. It's very impressive. It's something I admire about you. Oh well, thanks. Hey, what are you doing later? Like you're... that's behind the paywall. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, okay, so that's how we benefited and maybe some of the, the perks of polyamory. What's your least favorite thing about polyamory? My least favorite thing about polyamory? Oh. Dating. <laughs> I know it sucks, right? Dating is terrible. It's awful. I So the, the first time I made a Tinder profile, um, I think it was in 11, maybe 12. I don't remember. But the first time I made a Tinder I don't think profile, Tinder's been around that long. I don't but know. But I mean, other online dating. So, yeah. yeah. Well, same, I, same difference. This was specifically Tinder. Because I, I remember, because I was swiping right and swiping right. And I matched with somebody. I was like, oh, this is cool. It's my first match. And I met the, the, the woman, messaged me. And she was like, so what are you doing here? And I was like. That's, that's confrontational. I was like, clutch my pearls. I mean, I think I'm here to date. She's like, well, what do you mean by your profile? I was like, I polyamorous. <laughs> Is that okay? <laughs> uh, and so it, 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 you know, I felt bad for a minute, but then I had to, you know, I took a few steps back and like thought about why this reaction made me feel so bad. Yeah. Um, and my first thought was men are trash. And so she wrong. has every single right to suspect me of some kind of wrongdoing because that's what's been the norm. Well, and two, I feel like polyamory has become much more of a household word. In the past 10 years? Yeah. Yeah. Like, especially in the past, like, five years, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Well, like, we were vegan back in, for those listeners out there, we were vegan back in, like, 2010 before, like, vegan was cool. I'm just going to put that out there right now. Like, we were eating We were vegan and polyamorous before any of y'all thought it was cool. We were, like, bean... We were trendsetters. We were bean sprout (laughs) lovers. (laughs) But, uh, sorry, pull pull them back in, pull them back in. Uh, dating has proven to be a difficult thing yeah. for me personally. Um, yeah. And it, it, I think it is um, many different factors. Uh, it's time management um, for me and whoever else is I'm, you know, I'm trying to pursue. Right. Because that was a really big deal for your last situationship. Correct. Yeah. yeah it's distance, you know, yeah. long distance relationships, um, expectations and, and again, non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... I don't know why, but I attract drama. <laughs> Am I the drama? And is it me? Is it is it me? I'm a baritone, so it's me. It it's always, always is me. you. It always is me. Um, 
but it's uh, <laughs> it becomes apparent that like the the values that I hold dear are not always held by the same at the same level. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm very nice, and yeah. and so people are like, oh, you're so nice. I'm like, yes, I am. Um, but this is not gonna work. No, <laughs> no. Okay, so your your least favorite thing about polyamory is um being polyamorous. Got it. Um, <laughs> not really, but no. I, I what is one to do? You. <laughs> um, I would say that my least favorite thing about polyamory is the perception of polyamory. Oh. Yeah. Dish it. Uh, <laughs> Serve the okay, tea. so um, I so I am in a woman aligned body. I am non-binary, but the world perceives me as a woman. Mm-hmm. And, like, right now, I am partnered with two... Well, with a male-aligned and a cishet white man. I still don't know how that happened, y'all. I really don't. Um, but I love him, and he's great. He's trying. He, I mean, he's wonderful. <laughs> he's fantastic. Um, we love you, Carl. Yes. So, I... I get a lot of perception... <laughs> It's so funny because, like, I have people that are like, yeah, I'm in a group text and, and you and Carl came up. Or, I'm in a group text and you and Kendi came up. And, oh, um, I'm coming up now? Uh, oh, yeah. You've come up a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell them how they're at you. And, you know, I get accused of, like, cuckolding. I get accused of, like, being manipulative because I have, like, two men attending to my every need and things like that. And I'm like, that's not... Whenever you get done with this thought, I'm going to... I just need to hop in real fast. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I really get tired of people using that, like, that cuckold, like, porn fantasy shit. Oh, my God, I know. Porn is not reality. No! It's not reality. It's It's not not. based in any kind of reality. And normally, it's based in some, like, weird dude's head. Yeah, for sure. Zero zero judgment. Actually, no, all the judgment. It's weird. (laughs) Sorry, go back to you. No, you're fine. Um, And I get a lot of like, oh, I'm so jealous because you have two people. You must be so spoiled, blah, blah, blah. And like, let me be clear. I am so spoiled because of the kind of people that Kendi and Carl are. I am not spoiled because I have two partners. Because while I may have two people that like show me affection and give me love and nurture me and all that, I also have two people that I am responsible for. (laughs) And so I am doing double the emotional labor of a monogamous person. Like, I'm not trying to, like, say, oh, poor pitiful me. I have two husbands. I do not have two husbands. I just jokingly refer to Carl as my second husband. Mm. Um, But, yeah, like, that's not the situation at all. So I guess, like, one of my big, like, uh, things about polyamory is just the perception and the assumptions that people make yeah um and a lot of them are really negative towards women and women aligned people who exist within polyamory i was about to say you have gotten the brunt of the negativity and i vividly remember well in in, on some some avenues with my family it's negative towards me too but i vividly remember going to a place and uh somebody being like so are you are you dating jamie i was like yeah and uh, and they're like, but she's married. I was like, yeah, this is back when when you were married, right? And we were we were just dating, and they were like, oh, so you're just like getting best of both worlds, and you're just having a great time. I'm like, well, it's not that simple, but yeah, like, yeah, because people just assume like if you're just dating me, but I'm already married, that you basically get to come in and have fun with me, but you don't have to like 
do any of the hard life stuff with me. Exactly. And I think that people assume that with Carl, too. I, I think so, too. Which, like, couldn't be further from the truth. Correct. <laughs> so. Like, holy shit, that guy is ingrained in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and rightfully so. Yeah. Because he's so. my partner. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's definitely my least favorite thing about polyamory. Mm-hmm. Um, what advice would you give someone who, like maybe just realized that they were polyamorous and they're starting to like explore what this is and what this means for them. Take your ass to therapy. (laughs) Find you a therapist. That's my my number one piece of advice too. Find you a therapist. Talk to somebody. And, and not, not because I think you need to be steered in a different direction. You just need to be able to sort through your, your emotional handbook, Mm -hmm. what you will and won't take. Mm-hmm. What boundaries you will you will create to protect yourself, protect yourself, and protect your 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 space, protect Be- your peace, protect your peace. Yes, because there are going to be so many people that have held you in this image, and this is me getting personal right now. So people have people create images of other people all the time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And there's going to be some person who is going to feel so heartbroken that you say, oh, by the way, I'm polyamorous. And they're like, oh, but how could you do this and that? And that? Like, no, no, this is who I am. And you have to really have the strength within yourself, which comes from a third party sometimes that you pay $225 <laughs> an hour <laughs> before insurance um, to really help you create the, those structures. And it's okay. It is okay to get that help um, because we all need it. Yeah, for sure. Let's see. What advice would I give? I mean, other than just going to therapy. Um, because, I mean, I think that going to therapy is important because not only do you need to, like, have a very strong sense of self, you also need healthy coping mechanisms mm. because, like, you're going to run into shit mm. <laughs> with this. You're going to deal with jealousy. Um, jealousy comes up in polyamory just as often as it comes up in monogamous relationships. One of the number one comments that I always get is, well, don't you get jealous? Of course I get jealous. Yeah. Everybody gets jealous, but not any more than monogamous people, really. Um, you but, just sensationalize it because you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. People, people really like to like paint polyamory as being just this sort of ever present love triangle with that kind of like butting of heads i think and yeah that's not what it is at all we're not rams (laughs) (laughs) um so i would say go to a therapist get those coping mechanisms have that strong sense of self also like the internet is a wonderful and terrible place but there are so many like polyamorous creators who are making content now and there's just so much more information that's available now than it was than there was when we first started out well, I even feel like, yeah, I agree with everything you just said, first of all. But I even feel like there's been a boom in this information and this accessibility uh, since the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, people were at home with mm-hmm. not a whole lot to do. So yeah. um, I think that that's definitely been... And also, I mean, the pandemic just really caused us all, I think, to some extent, to kind of evaluate what we wanted out of life. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, we were not nearly as out about being polyam um, before the pandemic no. as post-pandemic. Because at this point, I'm just kind of like, well, I just lived through this collective trauma with the rest of the world. What do I have left to lose? I'm really tired of just bottling this up. Exactly. So, 
Um, I would definitely, if you are starting out, avail yourself of these free online resources, but also like there's some fantastic books. Um, the one, if I could only recommend one book to people starting out, it would be Tristan Terramino's Opening Up. Tristan Terramino, shout out to you. We miss your podcast. I know, right? Please start making more podcasts. Yes. Um, but it's brilliant. Um, and that's not just about polyamory. It, it, it definitely addresses just sort of open relationships as more of a broad category, Mm -hmm. but, um, it's a really good way to kind of just start exploring what you want out of your relationships, how to navigate communication. Like the way that Kendi and I communicate with one another is inherently influenced by Tristan Terramino's opening up. Um, and I mean, and Carl too, Mm -hmm. like the way that we communicate, just the way that she kind of lays out nonviolent communication and how to communicate with your partner, and that is just invaluable. Um, another resource that I would highly recommend is Polysecure. Um, I have not actually finished the book yet, but what I'm about halfway through it right now, and oh my gosh, if this had been around when I first started dating and exploring mm-hmm. polyamory, it would have been a game changer. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'd, I'd recommend, in addition to that, some different podcasts you can listen to. There's uh, Multiamory, uh, mm-hmm. which is available on Apple Podcasts. Um, there's also, I think, it's Polyamory Uncensored. And um, and we spoke to it a minute ago, but Tristan Terramino has a podcast out there. Um, the, the episodes haven't been updated in a while, but it's, on, it's, it's out there. And th- those are great resources. Yeah, for sure. And it really helps you realize that you're not alone. That's what yeah. <laughs> drive, that's what drives it home because sometimes we can feel siloed yeah. as polyamorous persons, and uh, it's very comforting to know that there are other people that are going or have gone through these same things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you really think about it, our world is absolutely geared towards monogamy. Mm. It is geared towards heterosexual couples primarily. And so it can definitely be very lonely and very isolating to kind of discover that you are polyamorous and feel like you are all alone. You are definitely not all alone. Um, And it can definitely (laughs) feel very lonely if you are in a more rural area like we are. Um, But there are plenty of non-monogamous folks around here. You just have to look a little bit harder. So I agree. Kendi, anything else that you want our listeners to know? Um, go to therapy. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme. I, I hope that's my closing st- statement for every single episode. <laughs> um, but seriously, it's it's this journey has been it's been the entire spectrum of human emotion. Um, but I I don't regret a single step of it. No, and it's it's brought me to um, a. a a higher level of understanding of myself and how to really um, understand empathy um, and how powerful of a tool that is in communication. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely made me a better communicator. Um, It has made me far more empathetic, I agree. It has made me a champion of people that may not look like me exist like I do like I just I can't really imagine my life without polyamory in it mm-hmm. um I know that we talk about this a lot there are some people who really identify with polyamory as um an orientation and then there are some people who just kind of view it as well you know I can be polyamorous but 
they can also choose to be in monogamous relationships or whatever. For me, um, polyamory is absolutely an orientation. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is just, it's who I am. And I can't turn it off. Um, there have definitely been times where I wish I could, just because it would be a lot easier. Because we are in a world that is built for monogamy. Um, but it's just not who I am. And I'm done apologizing yeah. for who I am. And I think, and this is, I don't want to, I don't want to take too much time, but I think when people hear polyamory, they only think of romantic love. Right. And I have, I have friends that I love platonically that are a part of my like, polycule. they're part of my polycule <laughs> yeah. and they know this. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, and it's the freedom to express that love. And again, I'm getting back to that word. It's the freedom to express that without feeling judged or without feeling like it's uh, it's it's a wrong thing to do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to this first episode of the Modern Loving Family podcast. We'll be back next time. We're going to meet my other partner, Carl. So you'll want to tune into that. It's going to be a fun conversation, I'm sure, with me poking fun at him for his Gen X ways, as I always do. Um, <laughs> Yeah, if you have questions that you want to send the Modern Loving Family, please reach out to us on our socials. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. So we'll talk to you soon. Bye, bye, bye.